Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to The Art of Kindness, where we have compassionate conversations with artists from all areas of the entertainment industry who are using their voice to spread joy and make this big spinning planet in the sky a better place to be. I'm Robert Peter Paul, and I'm so glad you're here. Hello, listeners. Happy November. Oh, I love this time of year. I love looking outside and seeing the reds, the yellows, the oranges falling from the trees like confetti. It is so beautiful. And of course, we are so close to Thanksgiving. Woo! Where we not only practice gratitude, but we eat lots of food. Woo! Did that rhyme? Yes, it did. And I just made it up. As you can probably tell, my unhinged, excited energy is bursting through the speakers and headphones right now because not only is Thanksgiving around the corner, but my wedding is just around the corner, just around the river band. My wedding is next week, and there are still a lot of little loose ends to tie up. But mostly, I'm just pumped. I can't wait to celebrate with my loved ones and, of course, to marry the love of my life, Cassie. Anyway, before I get even more mushy and gushy, we should just move on to today's amazing guest, casting director Carly Famalant. Carly Famalant was born and raised in Los Angeles and currently resides in New York City. She is a two-time Artios Award nominee and graduate of NYU Tisch School of the Arts, where her acting training made for a seamless transition into casting. She began her career at CBS Primetime in New York and ABC Primetime in New York. I love the ABC office, shout out to the peeps there! And then transitioned into independent casting, working on projects such as Baz Luhrmann's Netflix series The Get Down, Steven Spielberg's The Post, and Tamara Jenkins' Private Life, both of which the casting team was nominated for an Ardios Award for Outstanding Achievement in Casting. Carly has worked with Rory Bergman for over seven years, with credits including Yearly Departed on Amazon, Power Book 3, Raising Kanan on Stars, Run the World, also on Stars, Living with Yourself on Netflix, Love Life on Netflix, The Good Cop, also on Netflix. Some film credits include Jay Blakeson's I Care A Lot, Charlie Kaufman's I'm Thinking of Ending Things, and Nicole Holoff Center's The Land of Steady Habits, among many others. 
Carly has also cast short films and features independently, including Amazon Studios' feature film, I'm Your Woman, starring and produced by Rachel Brosnahan. Most importantly, Carly gives back. For her fifth year in a row, she is leading team casting to sleep out in support of the young people who call Covenant House a home. Covenant House works tirelessly to meet the most basic and immediate needs of at-risk young people overcoming homelessness, but also sets them up to work towards their brightest futures through educational programs, job training, legal and mental health services, and much more. So many amazing artists partake in this incredible initiative, including friend of the pod, Claiborne Elder. Hey, hey! So please consider supporting them this year. I'm going to include a link to how you can support Carly in the show notes here, but you can also head to her Instagram page at Carly FOMO. That's K-A-R-L-E-E-F-O-M-O. Not because she has FOMO. Well, maybe she does. I don't know. But anyway, she posts lots of fun things, and you can also learn more about her fundraising initiative there by clicking the link in her bio. Carly is truly the definition of kindness in the arts. We had such a fun time chatting. It was like a Sunday morning vibe, y'all. I mean, we talked about naming plants. We uh, compared our mugs. It was a great time. Don't worry, she also gave some amazing advice on kindness and specifically for actors. So if you're an actor, you will not want to miss what Carly has to say. If you're an avid AOK listener, you know we always end with a kindness tip after each interview. Unfortunately, this episode is going to be the first that doesn't have one, ah, because I need to prioritize my mental health, everyone, and I won't have time to record it. I am choosing to instead go out to dinner with my family. I'm sorry. But technically, this is a bonus episode because you already got an episode this week. So I think we're cool, right? I mean, maybe that's a kindness tip right there. Choose to spend time with people you love. Okay, there you go. You can also choose to spend time with people you love, aka me, on Instagram at Rob Peter Paul and at Art of Kindness Pod. Come on, we're forming a kindness community. Oh, audio hug. Now, without further ado, please welcome the kind Carly Famalant. Hello, how are you? good how are you i'm good thanks where are you it looks so lovely with that palm tree and that wow thank you i'm in my <laughs> this is uh yeah this is my my tree she uh i think she's happy. did you name her well, I, used to, <laughs> I used to have a tree that was in this exact spot that i called baby because in the pandemic i was just alone in my apartment and i would like be at my desk doing things and i would like accidentally like elbow my tree or something I'm like i'm sorry baby <laughs> <laughs> a quick joke and then just stayed so i feel like you gotta name your plants you know we had one called pamela she unfortunately passed away she didn't make it to this new apartment that we're in now but you know it's we're trapped inside a lot you gotta you gotta name everything you gotta name them you gotta treat the living things that are around like they are real friends and pets (laughs) But I've been like living vicariously through you because we've been trying to do this and then you're jets and and you're exploring and you're adventuring as you should be, honestly. How has that been like getting to travel after this crazy time, you know? I have been very of the mindset that if someone asks me to go somewhere, I most likely will just say yes, blindly, that it's (laughs) so much time of not getting it. Yeah, not being able to do anything or not being able to go anywhere. I hadn't seen family in like two years, so I've been going to LA a lot to see them. And it's been really nice because I can build in little trips from LA, like to other places. 
Mm. That one time that we were supposed to have our session, I, a dear friend was getting married in Hawaii and I just didn't think it was logistically ever going to work out to go. And suddenly my other friends, like their schedules aligned and it all just kind of came together for all of us. And Mm. we made it happen last minute and it was totally amazing and worth it. (laughs) That's so amazing. Chaotic travel, but super great. And I'm so happy it can happen. Oh, I'm I'm so happy. And I'm so happy we could finally do this. Were those otters? I I just got super distracted by your mug and I need to know. Yeah. So these are um, gardening hedgehogs. (laughs) Okay. And everyone is a different gardening activity. It's my most favorite mug slash thing I own. I got it in Ireland. Um, Rory and I go to this film festival in Ireland that used to happen every year pre-pandemic. Um, and uh, there's this one store we were like so jet lagged and like slap happy. And it's like, it's called Kath Kitson in the UK. And they've got all these like funky little prints and like things that are like prints that normally would be on kids clothes that then adults get to have on their own, like uh, adult size clothes and things. And we were so jet lagged and slap happy. We were like crying, laughing over like these little hedgehogs and all these different patterns. And we got so much stuff and yeah, I have no regrets. <laughs> <laughs> we moved recently, like I was saying, and I realized very quickly that I only own candles and mugs. Like 90% oh. of my possessions are candles or mugs. And I, I don't know why, but. Two candles right here. <laughs> Candle, let me grab another. I just no. ordered. Oh, I have candles like all over my living room. I don't know if you can see that whole thing oh. is candles. That's Death magical. Hall, candles. And there's just like <laughs> this shelf has candles. This chair behind me, there's candles. I just like after a long week, the only thing that I I'm, maybe you're the same. I turn off yeah. all the lights. I need to sit in like pure darkness. Mm-hmm. I light the 15 candles that are in my living room, and I just sit like very still and like smell all the smells and look at them flicker. And I'm like, okay, everything is healed now. That's the movie that is going to be about your life. The prequel to 16 Candles. We'll call it 15 Candles. <laughs> And it's just like chilling candles. out. <laughs> Harley alone in a dark room with 15 candles is so sad. But <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm sure Netflix or somebody would pick that up these days. It's like there's just content every week. So we got to get that out there. Come on. Right. That's right. Have you tried those Woodwick ones? Sorry, I'm getting way off track. But the ones with like the four wicks. Have you tried that? No. I'm tempted to go grab mine. It's I, I know what you mean. Them. They look like like a giant pot almost. Right. And they've got well, like, yeah. Four- they have different sizes but the middle has it's like a cross and then nobody at at home listening can see my finger (laughs) movements but that's honestly that's probably for the best it's like a little cross and then it actually crackles so it sounds like a fireplace okay the other thing i'm known to do is put the netflix um fireplace stream on i just did that last night I, there's just nothing more relaxing. I love ASMR. I watch a lot of videos of like cats getting massages, which is funny. I'm like not a cat person. At all. <laughs> I love an ASMR video. I love a fireplace video. I love a yeah. I feel you. Well, that, that's probably because you're friends with Laura too, right? Laura Janesco? Yes. She's one of my best friends. She was the first person to introduce me to ASMR and I just oh. didn't understand it. But now it's like... Oh, you probably can't hear that. You literally have a a setup over there. You could totally do it. Kind of. Well, this was a ratchet. I'm still finding my setup in this new place, but was dragging this around. Anyway, sorry. Okay, so (laughs) we are here today to talk about kindness in the arts, which is a topic I feel like you are very well suited for, not only based on our little interactions, but also I just hear from mutual friends like Laura and fellow actors that you are not only excellent at what you do, but always lead with kindness and 
have this bright light about you. So I'm super excited to talk to you and thank you for being you, first of all. <laughs> I'm already emotional. We haven't even started. I'm like, there's no, I don't think there's a higher compliment in the world than calling someone kind. So um, for that to be any sort of descriptor that I could possibly lead with is just like, great, I, I could just disappear now. Everything's fine. That's so sweet. I know we're both just going to evaporate by the end of this interview. <laughs> I know. It's too much. Too many feelings for a Sunday morning with a slight hangover, but you know what you're going to do. Oh, no, I feel that. We need some pancakes or something. I should have suggested like we have breakfast while doing this, but then the people listening at home would probably write me and be like, that was disgusting. Like you were chewing <laughs> in my ear. <laughs> I wish I you evaporated. But I think everyone calls you kind across the board because I've done a lot of research and in every interview, people call you kind pretty much in your intro. So th this is true. And I can I can confirm that today. But before I just keep calling you kind and complimenting you for our <laughs> full time together, I would love to know how are you at receiving compliments as someone who I'm guessing gets a lot of them? Um, I would say horrible. I'm trying to be a little bit better because um, it's funny, like you had asked what are, you know, some little things that people do to lead with kindness. And I think compliments really are that. And I love to give compliments and I love to tell people. And I think I love to tell people in my life that they mean a lot to me or when someone does something that's great, I want to like make sure I recognize it as much as possible. You know, I think we could all be better about it, but it goes a long mm. way. And then the minute it's reversed on me, I feel like overwhelmed with emotion and a little panicky. Um, <laughs> but there really is no better feeling than receiving a genuine compliment from someone like it is a kindness exchange and it's mm. great so I'm trying to be better about it but yeah no because you're right it, it is just as much the other person receiving it as it is the person giving it because when I give someone a compliment I don't want them to do that whole dance where they're like no no but tell me more no but you're wrong but yes but no you know it, it's a it's a weird dance we do and just mentioning the little things in kindness I was reminded by this little thing that you do even just in your emails I feel like a little explanation point a little smiley face. So people don't do that. Like emails can be so aggressive and rough. And that is just something that probably takes you half a second longer that I've noticed you do. And I feel like that's very kind. That's really nice. <laughs> I'm going to analyze your entire life right now. So get ready. No, <laughs> I would. Such a funny podcast. Yeah, I do. I do try to email in a way that isn't hostile because I think it's easy to, <laughs> you know, get frustrated and caught up in our chaos of our day. You know, sometimes I can be a little short on email as we all can, but I do try to like, you know, we are both people on other sides of computers. We are humans sending human interactions and you just have to be cognizant of that as we move through all these different little weird corners of our industry. We're all just people. Yeah, so true. I mean, this is the probably the weirdest, the weirdest corner you're gonna enter. I'm literally in a corner right now and I'm a, I'm a weirdo, so get ready. Probably like I already flagged that. But I would love to know, just to kind of start out, what is your definition of kindness? Ooh, okay. I made a few notes on things that I, because I'm, I'm feeling a little uh, scatterbrained. Okay, so I think like, <laughs> to me, I think kindness is a mixture of thoughtfulness and generosity. And I think it's being genuinely invested in someone else's well-being and being motivated to do things only for that reason in big and small ways, like um, to, to be mindful and hold space for other people and yeah, to, to, to do big and small actions that are purely just um, out of the goodness of your heart for the well-being of someone else. I love that. I think it's simple and coming from the goodness of your heart, you can never go wrong. And it also is, I say this all the time on here, but the little actions we do that make big change, you know, it doesn't have to be donating a million dollars to charity. Yeah. 
it can be holding the door open for someone on a regular basis and that kind of thing. Yeah. I think you nailed it. It could be smiling. It could be an exclamation point. It's, it's totally these little things that change the temperature of a room or an interaction and yeah. use attention. And it really like energy exchange is real. You know, we are people that put out energy and I think you get back the energy you put out into the world. So if you do a little thing that then changes the way that someone receives what you're doing, it will have a direct correlation and probably change the way that they react back. So hmm. yeah, that would be my thought on that. Yeah. I mean, just smiling at people on the street, I feel like smiling is so vulnerable because you don't know if someone's going to smile back and then you do it and you think you could be a creep if someone doesn't smile or just the certain way that it like comes across. I've even tried in the pandemic. I got my fiance was like, you need to throw that away immediately. But I got a clear mask. So I could smile. <laughs> I, I looked like a major, major weirdo that needed to really like take that off because it was it was it was strange. I think it sounds adorable. Yeah, they, well, we'll take that. It kind of framed my smile. So I looked like a weird like it, maybe I was the Joker sequel, honestly. Sure. But yeah, I, I do think just smiling is like a super easy way to kind of spread that joy. Great. And you have a great smile. So it's oh, perfect. Thank you. thank you so much. See, I received that compliment. I said, thank you. Look at that. Up there. So initially, I think it's super cool because some of my favorite casting directors were the ones that started out as actors. And I know that originally was your dream, right? Yeah, yeah, it was. I went to NYU for acting and I feel so grateful that I went to NYU for acting because I made so many incredible lifelong friends there. I learned so much about technique and I learned so much about myself that um, the arts and acting and performing is a passion of mine, but not something. The minute that I mixed livelihood and passion, it was not a good intersection for me, the way that it really works mm. for some people. And um, I'm really glad that I figured it out when I was in school. And, um, and it made me appreciate my actor friends even more and the journey of being an actor because it's really hard and it's, not for everyone. It's a very specific lifestyle that you sign up for that um, is is really for specific personality types. And that's mm. amazing. And then we must keep those people in it and doing it because we need them and we must support you and cultivate a good environment for you to thrive because it's, yeah, it's not for everyone. Um, but I, I really feel grateful for my acting training because I think it gives me a language that I can... Um, both talk to actors if I'm directing them in a session or um, can critique an audition, not from like a result oriented way or like a blanket judgment way, but you can look at like the, the you know, minute decisions that go into a performance and you can see where something needs to be tweaked. You can see where the essence of someone comes through enough where, you know, okay, this is a great actor. Maybe they just had the wrong context or need some adjustments, but you know that like mm. the, the essence of the performance or the essence of the character is there in a way that, you can work with. Um, so I think it's made me a little more flexible in the way that I look at auditions or look at actors. And um, yeah, I just really love acting and technique and all that jazz. Well, I love that. And I think that's so helpful. And just hearing you talk about it, especially now with self tapes, I feel like the craft of acting and everything we learn when we take classes is the first thing to go out the window. And you know, you see yourself, you want to look good in your lighting, all this other business oh, crap yeah. gets in the way. And then a lot of the times you don't get those actory adjustments. And so it, it can be really hard. And I love that you remind everybody, like, who are you talking to? Where are you? What time of day is it? Are you cold? Oh, you know, yeah. My favorite thing is, you know, we learned these acting 101 things in school and it seems so basic. And like, I remember being in class and being like, 
this is dumb. Like we once had to do an exercise where you like wrote your objective underneath every line. And it made me like furious. I was like, this is not what I'm going to school <laughs> for. Like I want to do something grand, you know, whatever. And then yeah. looking back, it's like, that's the stuff that I come back to all the time. Like it's always the note I give. It's like acting 101 is the, <laughs> the most important thing you always have to know yeah who are you talking to where are you how does that influence the way you set up your tape how do, you know there's every single piece of information goes into every decision that you make in a performance and just going back to basics like that sometimes will solve the biggest problems that you're trying to solve in a tape without being you know giving result oriented direction you can just kind of go back to these like very tactile simple questions and work through it either together have the person go off and work on it on their own and then you come back and you're like oh now we found the thing that we're looking for just by answering these like very simple things to reground and, and clarify. Yeah, because so many things affect us in life. And then sometimes we can get so caught up in the words and, and what's on the page that you forget oh, yeah. to let your reader or whatever it is. The environment All the plates are you. spinning. Exactly. Yeah, all the plates are spinning. Well, I love that you were able to recognize, to continue this metaphor, one plate that you didn't want to keep spinning, which was acting. And I think it's really that was so dumb. I think it's really hard to pivot. And you're such a great pivoter. And I would just love to know what kind of helped you believe in yourself and then transition into casting? Was it, did you just feel like it was a calling and it was easy or? You know, it's to, it was total luck. And it's one of those things I look back in retrospect and have like residual fear of like, what if that didn't happen or that didn't happen to make that thing happen? Like, yeah, it sounds witchy, but sometimes I'm like, I guess everything does kind of happen for a reason. Like you experience things and they, I love that the doors open and you just kind of follow them. But um, yeah, I got really lucky that I was in uh, Stone Street, which is NYU's like screen acting department. And we would do these one-on-one -on -one meetings. And in one of the meetings, I met with um, this woman, Michal Zecker, who is now manager and she used to be at, in, at CBS. And um, we were just chatting and I was like, did my audition. And I was like, to be honest, like the most joy I feel from acting is when I acted my friend's projects. Like that's something I want to keep going forever. But like, I don't really love this idea of just like auditioning forever. Like I kind of like the idea of writing. I kind of like the idea of directing. I kind of like the idea of producing. Like I started naming all these different things. And she was like, well, have you ever thought about dabbling in casting? Like, it sounds like that might be a good intersection of all these things that you like. So hearing me, hearing my woes, she took them and then helped redirect them into something that had never occurred to me. I didn't know it was an option. Um, and so, and I, I'd kind of already been casting at that point. A lot of NYU doesn't do a great job with crossover with departments. So a lot of my friend, my good friends were in the film department and my other good friends were in the acting department and, um, my film friends needed actors. And so I would recommend them. And then it would just kind of, I was like the bridge between the departments. And, mm. um, suddenly it just like all made so much sense that this thing that I had been doing socially could be a job and it would take all the the training and the things that I was interested in and give me the stability that I was also interested in finding that um, a little bit more like structured, you put work in that correlates to, you know, sometimes with acting A plus B doesn't always equal C where you put yeah. in hard work and then that means direct success. <laughs> Whereas like, casting you can kind of put in hard work and grow and it does like correlate a little bit more directly sometimes with the, you know, having more control. Yeah. You get a kind of a result where acting it's like A plus B equals just radio silence. Most of the time yeah. you don't hear anything. <laughs> it just, it's just so much more out of your control, I think is the difference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, so I thought I would give it a try and um, the internship was extraordinary and more than I could have asked for. I, the, the CBS interns run camera. So I got to be in the room for like every session, which is such a gift. And 
Sometimes mm-hmm. like even associates don't always get to be in the room just based on how offices are structured and how busy they are and what the needs are and stuff. So to know every day I was going to alternate between being in class and watching people audition in air quotes for camera, um, <laughs> you know, workshops in class. So then going and watching people actually audition for camera, it was almost the exact same look of the day, but in a practical and class setting. And so it just moved between the two and it was like beyond helpful. And I just totally fell in love with it. And um, yeah, I loved the peek behind the curtain and and all of it was just amazing to me and got the bug and here I am. That's such a cool story. And I do feel like even as actors, I always recommend, not recommend, I'm not in a place to recommend anything, but I tell my friends, be a reader. Oh, there's <laughs> nothing cooler. Yeah, right? you really see like, I mean, that's the thing that people would always say it in school and I didn't really understand until I moved into casting. And then I was like, okay, how do we actually get people to understand this? That like, as an actor, you are a vessel for the material, but the material filters through everyone in a different way because everyone's their own prism. And it's so interesting when you come in fully prepared, you have your idea of what your personal version of it is, like not in a crazy put on way, but what's authentic to you? What's your way in? How do you make sense of the material? How does it filter through you? Like, how does it fit on you? And then you come in and you do that. And it's amazing because then everyone comes in and it's just, you get, you know, 15 plus minus different versions of something. And then you see what makes the best, the, what's the best fit and what makes the most sense for the puzzle that you're building and the world that you're building and this tapestry mm-hmm. that you're building. And sometimes it's your version. Sometimes it's someone else's version. And it never means that you did a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're unworthy of this job. It's just, there's so many other factors that go into it, but mm-hmm. there's nothing more satisfying than watching people come in and like throw down their own thing because it's always interesting. And there's a million versions of what a world could be. and um, that's where the out of your own control kind of comes into play. It's like you can control yeah. everything going into that and do all of your specific blocking work and homework about, you know, the relationships and all these tactile things and then kind of like have fun and tickle the imaginary play space <laughs> in your brain and then like do something fun with it. Um, and then you have to just surrender and be like, okay, well, I know I did my most fun with it, but that doesn't necessarily correlate to what's going to fit into this puzzle. So mm. That's where the hard part comes in. But um, I really do wish actors understood how much we truly rely on them and love them and want them to come in and, and play and, and bring something fresh and how it uh, has no reflection on them if they don't get the job. Mm. It's, it's nothing yeah. about that. Yeah. It's so hard. It's hard not to take it personally, but you do so see hard. when you're a reader, you know, you hear exactly. it's out of your control, but you see like firsthand, as soon as you're a reader, you're like, it's not about me. It's a bigger it's- picture. And then you see, like, I've seen these really acclaimed actors come in sometimes, depending on the auditions you're in, and you're like, oh my gosh, it's them. Then they start doing their their take, and you just think to yourself, wow, they're not bad. They're just really not right for this. Or you see, like, five amazing people that you're, like, a fan of come in and do their thing, and you're like, how are we going to choose? Yeah. And then sometimes it's not even about us, and it's what the director really feels passionate about. You know, there's so many things that go into it, but I think it's if you can be a reader, which I know is kind of hard to find these days. It's a real, it's a real gift of an experience because you, you very quickly put it, things get put into perspective and you see like, oh yeah, it's, it's not really so much about, uh, yeah, me personally in mm. this thing. It's, it's, um, it's all interesting and good. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of auditions, I think a lot of actors don't even realize now that just getting an audition is such a win you oh, know, now yeah. more than ever. Do you feel like? Yeah, I think it's access has really expanded because of self tapes that we can request a little bit more. 
Um, we can try people that we've never met with with the, the, the idea that we can meet them on this tape kind of thing instead of having to like squeeze someone into a session when we know that there's only a limited amount of time. Um, so it's been nice to kind of meet new people and see new people. Um, but at the same time, it, there's so much going on and it you don't have the personal interactions and you're not getting that feedback. So it is, I think, a lot harder because you're kind of taping into a vacuum in a way that just seems a little impersonal and, and disorienting in that way. Um, but we really do watch everything. I mean, office, every office is different, but our office, we watch every tape we get in, we keep notes on all the tapes. It's been really cool to see what people are doing in this age of self-tape that um, it really is a medium that does work. Like chemistry reads on Zoom weirdly do work, we're finding. And um, it's a lot to ask of actors to be your own directors, but I really do think that you guys are finding a groove with it and bringing really special stuff to it. And it's, yeah, I think getting the audition is the win right now because you're, yeah, you're not getting the going into the room one-on-one -on -one opportunity, but every time you get to tape, you get to show a side of yourself or something. And, um, it does move you forward and we are watching and it, it seems like, you know, maybe not, and it's hard to track, but it's, it's, everyone's doing great work and it's been amazing to see. Yeah. I love to hear that because I think actors, sometimes you feel like they're building a relationship with a casting person and then maybe they'll call you in a couple times a year and you're like, but I'm not booking with them and what's going on. And you just forget it. It's like everything else. I mean, I try to make everything just, I want to be friends with everybody and have a good relationship. <laughs> it's not goal oriented for, well, you know, it, it used to be, but it's not as goal oriented for me in that way. Yeah. So I think that's really cool. And even with Zoom, you know, I had this session the other day and we're doing the scene and then there was a glitch. And I think Zoom is such a gift in that way because the glitches kind of recenter you and they snap you back into the present moment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's a really nice way of thinking about it. See, it's they're also annoying. But... <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, well, you know what else I think is great? I think acts of kindness are awesome. And I would love to know if you have any stories about acts of kindness that you could share that you feel like you received from people along the way who oh, maybe yeah. don't even know it, but kind of, you know, informed your, your path. Yeah, it's, you know, New York is really special because our community, it's pretty small and tight knit. I think there's a lot of support. Um, I've gotten really lucky with having amazing mentors and friends as people that I've worked with and for, um, I, it still kind of melts my brain that like old bosses of mine want to be friends with me or like care about me. <laughs> it sounds so crazy to say, but, um, yeah, it's, I guess maybe less than like one specific story or something. I'm, I'm always just so floored, like 
I, I like adore Henry Russell Bergstein, for example. I think he's brilliant and so funny. And like, he reaches out to me and like, every time I'm like so moved that I told him recently, I was like, the fact that like, you are so invested in like my life and my career and our friendship like means a lot. And he was like, well, of course. And I was like, no, but you understand, like, I looked up to you for so long. I worked for you. And it's just so cool that like, I can be in a place where um, this community really like does support these like long-term growth relationships and friendships in that way. Um, I've had a lot of yeah, old bosses like sit down over drinks with me and be like, what are your goals? What are you looking for? Like, what do you want to do with your life in a way that like, yeah, it just really moves me that um, it's so easy, you know, to not, to just kind of move through this business and treat it like a business. And I'm always so moved when there's like that personal investment in it and, and true friendship and support. Um, Erica Hart, someone who always like melts my brain and heart with how kind and thoughtful she is. I love Erica so much. There's no one better. She's the busiest yeah. person on the planet and she really makes space and holds space for the people in her life that she loves and cares about. And I'm always so moved by it. Um, yeah, it's like the things like that that really like stick with me when I think about kindness in the business is, you know, instead of being competitive or judgy, like I, whenever I have a project I'm excited about, I do feel like I get a lot of messages from other casting people that are, that recognize the work that we've done and are really kind and supportive about that. And I think that's very unique and hard to find. Um, and even with like agents and managers, I think our relationships with them are really special as well. I think there's um, a lot of understanding that if we say no, it's not to a, an actor, it's not because I, again, we think they're bad or we don't want to support them and their business that, um, you know, there's, there's nuance to when something's right or wrong for something or, you know, um, but also they, they are friends and allies in, in the industry. Like I constantly reach out to agency managers and ask about who they're excited about, who I should meet. And that kindness and support goes both ways of giving opportunities to people that they feel passionate about and trying to support their visions. And then also when they know that we're looking for some, something specific or have a need, like they really go out and try to support and help us too. Um, and even in like another great example is Rachel Altman at Paradigm. I don't know if you know her at all. She's worked so hard for her clients. She's an amazing agent, but also like I've had a lot of family illness this year. Part of why I've been going to LA so much uh, to spend time with family. Thanks. But she's someone who she's best friends with Rory, who I work with. And, um, you know, she's been a friend of mine for a long time, but she's really shown up for me in a way this year that like also makes me like want to cry when I think about it's so simple. It's just, you know, like check in messages. And I just, I know it's not performative. It's genuinely that I've crossed her mind and she's holding space for me and wants to know and asks the question. And it's, it's so simple. And I'm, I'm moved by it every time that like somebody that I, I mean, I, she was my first internship I interned for Abrams in the youth department when I was like a sophomore at NYU and I was like so I think back on like the person that I thought was like so impressive and cool like checking in frequently to make sure I'm okay is like I could just die I just think it <laughs> our our industry is really special that way like it's I don't know how it is in other cities I think there's something really unique about the culture of New York that we're all tough we're all passionate and there's this really deep well of support and kindness that comes with that yeah I feel very lucky to be included in in this I, I feel like I've conned everyone into letting me no into party. <laughs> I think you deserve it because good people attract good people and and I think that's why people want to support you because you're clearly 
not just withdrawing from people, but depositing, you know what I mean? You're investing in people. And New York is such a people first place. I mean, it's like everybody's looking down at their phones, rushing on the sidewalk. But the second somebody falls and trips, everybody is the first to stop and make sure they're okay. Yeah. So I think it's such a cool environment in that way. But it is weird, you know, unlike other industries, entertainment, your whole self has to be in it. Yes. And so I feel for me, somebody who's, you know, auditioning, like casting is more regular. Yeah. It's like you can't always be there right away. Like I always put my family first. I'll drop everything. I was in a show recently and we had a huge family accident and my swing went on because I was like, I'm, I'm going, I'm sorry, I'm going to be with my family. Yeah. And usually it's the opposite where you book something and it's like on the day of your cousin's wedding and, you know, you play. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it is, it's a hard balance to strike between putting your career first and also putting your family first. Definitely. You know? Yeah. Do you like find that too with casting? Yes. I find that with everything in my life, really. I think yeah. I'm someone, I am a workhorse. I could work forever. I can work for 20 hours and not come up for air. Yeah. It's, I'm trying to be better about more of a work-life balance. I have a, I have one of my best friends from middle school and high school came to visit me recently and she was like, you need to remember to do at least like one thing a week that has nothing to do with your job. Like all of your friends have something to do with your job, all of your interests and all of your hobbies. You know, I love going to theater for fun. I watch a ton of film and TV. Like all my friends are somehow industry adjacent and it's great. And I feel like we all have this shared passion that brings us together. And it, it honestly creates a lot of things for us that we all want to do together. Um, but she's like, you know, I think it might be healthy for you to like do things that aren't only involved in the industry. And I was like, oh, yeah. And now with this like work from homeness of it all, another gift of that has been the flexibility and the freedom that I, for my whole career leading up to the pandemic, I would mostly just visit my family in like three day spurts in LA. I would go for like a long weekend and take a red eye back and just show up to work the next day. Cause I don't, we don't really get time off. If we're employed, we, we can't take a day off because production is still going, you know? Yeah. Um, and our only time off was really like if we were unemployed and then it just felt scary and I didn't know what to do with it. Um, just like candles so, all day. <laughs> yeah. And, and I tried to reframe the way I thought about hiatus, which is a different thing. But, um, so I guess like the gift of the pandemic has been that I'm able to put family first a little bit more and, and show up for them. And I can work from LA and wake up early and finish my day at three and it's great and spend time there. And it's been really nice to, to explore how I can treat myself a little bit better inside of my job and prioritize other things that are necessary and important to me without mm. sacrificing the quality of what I'm doing or like take any sort of like love or dedication out of it. I can still be equally dedicated, but also make space for other things. Yeah. Um, that was something that was hard for me to, to navigate and, you know, I think like all of us who do a job that is somewhere between an intersection of like livelihood and passion, you know, it's kind of all consuming because you're, you're either thinking about the sustainability aspect of it and how you're going to like get the money to do the things that you need to do and want to do or whatever. And then you're thinking about the passionate side of things and that gnawing want and desire. And I think it, the intersection of that makes it kind of all consuming sometimes. So, um, yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how to, how to yeah not make it my entire identity because I think work kind of become my whole identity too it's uh, kind of all consuming in that way so it's hard um, yeah taking a little step back and yeah spending more time with family or, or friends or doing things that have nothing to do with work have been good to help me yeah not only define myself as 
casting director first and yeah. person and um <laughs> little miscasting director. <laughs> Well, it's, it's hard, but I think when you're working on the level of projects that you work on, you're probably giving 120%. So if you have to scale back, you're probably still giving 100%. You know, if you have to take the time to scale back. We had someone on here recently who's very accomplished and said, it, it like gave me the chills. He said, remember who you're doing this all for. Yeah. You know, stop and remember the people you're doing this all for. And I think that helps me put things into perspective, really nice. you know, because mm -hmm. it, it can be hard. But I know for you, you tend to approach like you're doing it for the actors when you're in the room from what I hear. And it's a little bit different now, but I do feel like casting directors still really set the tone, even just with the breakdowns and what they send out. So do you have anything specific you do to make actors feel more comfortable? Ooh, that's such a nice question. I really do think that is the thing I concern myself most with. <laughs> that um, was, and especially in, in previous, you know, pre-Pandy life, um, that's nice what you said about the breakdown though, because it's so funny. We, God, we put so much work, like so tediously, like looking over every word to be like, is that the most descriptive? Like changing verbs, like Rory and I send each other drafts back and forth until we feel satisfied with it kind of a thing. Um, but because it is for the actor that we want them to get and for the agent to hopefully like process it and you know put their best foot forward in terms of what's the most efficient and, and useful in the process instead of like throwing everything against the wall because we weren't specific enough um but we do try to make the language really clear and give as many like hints towards actionable verbs inside of these breakdowns that we can um and the thing that I, I think Rory is amazing about that um I'm trying to be better about as well because sometimes the actor and me can make it a little too forgiving where I watch a tape and I'm like Oh, but you see the essence of this person. Like, yeah, sure. It needs a few notes. We're like, whatever, they can see it. And Rory's like, well, I think it would better support the actor if we have them retape with some notes and do this. And like, I I really respect her impulse to go back and make sure that actors are getting notes, or we offer up a Zoom if we think that something needs to be fixed. Um, and it really does help and it's made a difference. And taking that extra like beat to like really look through everything, really decide who needs a second pass at something, which obviously in olden times everyone would get second, third, fourth, fifth passes at things. So it makes total sense to take that, to build that time into the, the schedule process of when you request something and have it due and then, you know, when we send things. So um, I think we do really try to prioritize putting actors in forward in the best light possible. And sometimes she'll agree with me and be like, oh yeah, you see the essence of this person and we can send their reel or something. And just, you know, everyone understands that we're in this self-tape era and it's not no one's expecting perfection and a flawlessly executed tape. They're trying, everyone's doing their best. Um, but sometimes going that extra mile really does make a difference. And um, yeah, so I think, and I try to make myself, you know, available if some, recently we had an actor um, was going to put himself on tape for a new series regular role we had. And um, we reached out to the agent and we're like, oh, if he has any questions, like he's doing a show on Broadway right now. We're like, he should just reach out to one of us. And we can chat him, you know, through this, the notes, it's kind of a specific role. We have some thoughts on it. And so he ended up, I was in LA, he ended up calling me and I was driving to a screening and we ended up like talking on the phone for like the, my whole drive <laughs> character and this. And it was just so, it felt so good for me to be able to like talk to an actor again in that way about process and character. And it's, you know, it's why I love this job so much. And I think, you know, I want actors to feel like we're their allies and it is a safe space and they can reach out to us and they can rely on us. And 
we are trying to put, yeah, put their best foot forward and advocate for them. And um, we're really only as good as the talent that we show. So mm. like our, our currency is strong relationships with actors is getting great work out of actors is knowing great actors. And so I think that's something that actors do forget is that we're equally invested in our relationship with them because it reflects it's, it's our only currency. It's, it's, you know, reflects everything on us. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's so sweet to hear. I mean, ally just was the word that kept like buzzing in my brain as you were talking. So the fact that you said it then at the end was just kind of kismet. I don't, I don't yeah. know. It does yeah. feel like when you're self-taping, you know, that little piece is missing, that casting director, because you can spiral as an actor where, I mean, my default oh. is always like, if I don't really, the breakdown's not as clear, I'll either ask for the script if I can get it. And then if yeah. not, my default is just to make a strong choice or, or bring myself to it. Just like be myself in yes. as the person. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to hear that there are people that you see, like if there's the essence, you'll reach out and you'll get something a little bit more clear. Because, yeah. You know, you, some of you, you're just kind of sending things out into the void and you don't really, you just let it go. <laughs> yes. But, you know, as an actor and as actors, I would love to know, are there certain things you would like to see from us more that, that we can do to, on the flip side, be a little bit kinder to casting? Oh, that's a fun question. Yeah, I think it kind of goes right back to that, that, you know, I've had friends recently, I had a friend mention something like, oh, it's so frustrating. I keep getting called in for like all these roles on a show that I've auditioned for so many times. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting that that's your vibe on it, because I'm someone who always feels like you because, you know, we're not directly talking in the room anymore, that if I'm bringing someone if we're bringing someone in over and over again for a project, it's it's because we're really trying to find the best place for them. And we're trying to give as many opportunities as possible. And it's sometimes we'll be like, oh, this person's auditioned so many times, like we can show an old tape or something. But nine times out of 10, the best way to get someone a job is by just having them throw down a great tape. So um, it was really interesting to have a conversation with my friend about it. because I was like, I feel like you're kind of hostile to the casting director. <laughs> <laughs> like what's coming from a place of like, trying to provide you opportunity and support I think is being you know misinterpreted a little bit for you because it's it feels like you're maybe being forgotten about or something that they're generically asking for you to tape over and over again or something um so I think yeah I think there is a, a slight disconnect that I do think people think that we're not on their side possibly or um that yeah that actors get frustrated with us or feel like we're um, gatekeepers or excluding. Um, but I think, you know, it's, we're always learning and growing and it's a process and we're trying to be the best people we can be. And sometimes that takes course correcting too. And I think, yeah, we're on our own journey, just trying to do our best and trying to support and give as many opportunities as possible. So um, treating us with kindness in that sense, I think is, you know, when we ask for a deadline, it's not because we're trying to cut you off and pressure you to turn in your homework on time. It's because we're again, trying to give you ample opportunity to get your tape in, in a way that we make sure is the best, but you're putting your best foot forward so we can send it off and make sure that you're properly considered for this job. So deadlines, you know, you can always ask, we'll tell you if it's flexible, but um, we're not, we're never trying to like, you know, be rigid and scary and mean just for the sake of it. There's, um, yeah, there's, there's a uh, reason to our madness sometimes. And um, just try to think of us as allies and, and be kind to us too because yeah it's hard we're in our own little we're in our own little weird corner we're so isolated from other departments we don't really feel like we're part of production like we're you know 
kind of outliers in a lot of ways. And sometimes like just acknowledging our work and our role in the process means so much too. Like, I mean, I've come to so many screenings of films we've been so passionate about that we put in so much work on and someone in the audience in the Q and A is like, what a great cast. How did that cast come together? And the, the director is like, oh, I just, I found them or, you know, we'll just completely cut us out of the process. Sometimes just acknowledging the work and someone's role in it really goes a long way. So yeah, I would love, I would love if actors recognized how much we advocate and, you know, for them and support them from afar, but I understand they don't really know a lot of the, you know, ins and outs of that because it's you know, a delicate process, but um, yeah, we just, we just want to be like to love. You too. are. <laughs> Come on. We're looking at you Oscars. Come on. Add that category. Oh my God. Truly. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Cause it's so important. I mean, I think, as actors grow, they realize hopefully that, and by casting directors being, I mean, it's very similar to acting now for you guys, I feel like, because casting is almost expected to have this huge social media following and be engaging and do interviews, which is really helpful to actors because it's kind of demystifying you know, kind of it. it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I love it too, yeah. in a lot of ways. And you've been so great, especially during the pandemic, you did all these you know, free Q and A's, you really donated your time and were teaching people, which I think is so beautiful. You. Do you do you have I guess a lesson across the board that you wish you could impart on all actors? Oh right, yeah, that's where we were going with that question. I don't. You that know, just popped into my head. Yeah. I don't, I, <laughs> no, no, no. This is great because yes, absolutely. I think in this moment where actors are their own directors, it goes so far to again come back to acting one hundred and one questions and make it as clear as possible for yourself at all times. Who are you talking to? Where are they in your space? Like clarifying eye lines, blocking, environment work. You're at home. So like where does using a prop really benefit you? Like if you're doing a scene. I always use this as an example. If you're doing a scene where you're having coffee with a friend, like you're at home, get a coffee mug. Like how would you hold it? How does that change your body language when you're talking to a friend? Like simple things like that. Like let the humanity really filter into the way that you set up your tape and um move through the space and how you connect. And I, I go so far when you add in that extra layer of, of blocking and, and living inside of a play space like that. Um, the other thing I'll say, it's so obvious, but you'll be shocked is clean tech. I mean, it's having good lighting, setting up your, if you're taping on your phone, doing it horizontally, just being, we want to be able to see your face and connect, like whatever you're sending in, it's important to remember that that's likely the tape that's going to be shown to the team and it's likely going to be the one that filters up to studio and network for approval or you know whatever we do send every single tape for approval so it does make the rounds it's not like we just watch something and say like check you're done like we send it to the producers we send it to the director we send it to the studio you know everyone has to like look at it and sign off so as an actor think to yourself before you send something in is this the tape that i want these 25 anonymous fancy people to see you know and a lot of it is mostly a tech oriented question of like yeah can is it clear can they see me etc um but i think yeah being really cognizant of that really basic grounding work and making sure it looks good will set your tape apart so quickly mm. yeah. or even like reframing it where it's just like would i post this on my instagram like would i share this yeah, with my friends yeah. would i be embarrassed for people to see this kind of thing yeah it's like so yeah sometimes taping is so vulnerable like I just think about like the few audition self tapes that I did as an actor, like coming out of school. And I'd just be like, I don't want to look at it. I don't want to see it. It's never happened. <laughs> got it off my chest. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll never look. And then you send it in and then you realize like, 
no, of course you should have looked at it because you need to know, like, make sure, yeah, make sure the tech works, that they can see it, you know, what all that stuff. But um, it is vulnerable and scary and there's nothing worse than watching yourself, but it's unfortunately part of the job. <laughs> so. do, do you ever see tapes where people forget to edit out their little beginning warm up or their ending? Like, ah! I don't know. I don't know if people do it. But I'm always like, what if I forgot to crop out the part where I just like go up to the camera and I'm like, <laughs> sometimes those are my favorite moments though. Like yeah. I have a friend who um, sends, sometimes he'll just send me his tapes directly and I'll look at them and be like, yeah, that, that seems great. And then they'll submit them properly. Um, but my favorite parts of his tapes are always when he's like turning it off at the end and he's like, I don't know. And it's like this weird <laughs> moment of like humanity and vulnerability inside of it where like you just kind of see all the, everything drop. And it's like this moment of just like, you're like, I don't know, I'm doing my best. What do you think? And I just, it makes me happy every time. So I kind of love those little like moments of humanity that are interjected. It's yeah, something very humanizing and personal about it. No, I love through. that. That's my favorite thing at the theater or SNL when people break and laugh or something happens. Me too. It just clues you in and like connects you with everybody more because we're all, yeah. and that's what helps with props too. Like most of us are like self-conscious weird people. And so maybe your character is oh. and like holding a mug will help you not eyeball your scene partner the whole time. You know what I mean? Exactly. I mean, think yeah. about how you talk to people in the world, like even how we're talking. It's very, you know, fluid and kind of free. And you look around, you look other places. And, you know, sometimes we have a lot of energy that needs to be channeled into something. So channeling it into objects is really helpful and finding things to do. Like all of that scene, busy work stuff just helps like refocus and redirect energy in a useful mm. way. Just, you know, building in humanity. Again. Yeah, I think a lot of auditioning too is just like distracting yourself, like focusing on something else, the environment, the other person, just forgetting that it's an audition. Mm -hmm. So I think that's super helpful. I want to be respectful of your time, but I also really wanted oh. to ask you about besides, you know, volunteering your teaching services, you do give back to the community by organizing this awesome team charity for the Covenant House New York City stage and screen sleep out for people experiencing homelessness. Can you just talk to me a little bit about how you got involved with that and maybe how people listening at home can join in? Yes, um, that's a great question. So I feel really lucky that I have a lot of very close friends that I think really lead with kindness. And um, two of them are my two best friends who are both named Rachel. Um, Rachel Brosnahan, who's an amazing actor, obviously. Yes. And Rachel Sussman, who I don't know if you know too, she's a theater producer and just amazing. and. Um, so the two of them have been working with Covenant House for even longer than I've been involved. And I always wanted to get involved with the, through the two of them. Um, they, I think actually Stephanie J. Block was one of the first people who organized it. So Covenant House, like the actual facility is, I know casual, is it's down the street from Broadway. And it's, they have, you know, they're expanding. They've got this facility that um, is like a place for youth experiencing homelessness to come and they can stay there. There's no, they don't have to stay. There's no like enforced stay or leave. They can come and go as they please. Um, it's fully voluntary to, to be there. They offer career support, schooling support. If you need to get a GED or finish this high school thing, you know, all the, all the stuff that comes with, you know, getting out of and of experiencing homelessness and finding a career or a job or all that stuff like they are incredible in, in all that support. They've got medical support. A lot of what they do is support LGBTQ and black and brown kids that have been, you know, kicked out of homes and offer them a lot of guidance and counseling and therapy and all the things to kind of reckon with all the stuff that um, they've, yeah, 
they've had uh, trouble with. And um, so they, they, Stephanie J. Block and a bunch of other people realize that there's this place and they do these sleep outs. And why don't, why don't we do one in New York for the artists that are working just down the street to support these kids that are, a lot of them are very interested in the arts and are really looking for careers in the arts. And um, so they do this sleep out every year where this year it's going to be in November, actually. Usually this is around when I do my fundraising. So um, this is a perfect venue to say, don't worry, we are doing it this year. I haven't been spamming you as I usually do in the summer, but it's coming. Circa October, I will be spamming again. And where should people um, stay tuned for that? Just on your Instagram? You your... find me on Instagram. Okay. And yeah, you, you will not be able to miss it if you follow me on Instagram that I will post a lot about Covenant House coming up soon. Um, but it's an extraordinary program and we raise a lot of money every year for them. And uh, it's we sleep out underneath their where the kids sleep, like under their windows in solidarity with them. And, uh, you know, so many amazing Broadway performers participate. So we'll sing goodnight songs and, you know, like Audra McDonald sitting there like singing under the window for these kids. And it's just a, a completely incredible experience. And we learn more about the programs that they have to offer and where all the money specifically goes. And it's just remarkable what they've been able to do for these kids and support them and help get them on their feet and out to pursue whatever dream they have and want to pursue. Um, it's a really special program and I really love it. And I'm really excited that CSA is um, kind of helping me a bit more get this thing, uh, a bit more visibility and participation. So um, maybe this year we'll have some more team members, which will be fun and raise a little bit more money. Um, we do pretty good. We usually come in a- Yeah, you raised like $20,000 in one year that I saw, right? Yeah, yeah, we've been, we've been doing pretty well, which is amazing. And it's cool because the same people tend to donate every year. Now it's kind of become like a yearly thing that the community gets to be involved in. And it's so nice to see this, there, yeah, the repeat donors, the people that come out of the woodwork and they're like, oh, it's this time of year again. And the, the continued support really means a lot. And it's the only way that we can make it happen. So yeah, very grateful. And yeah, I love, I love giving back and staying engaged and um, Rosalie, do you know Rosalie Joseph? Yes. She's incredible. Yeah, she's a casting director and she runs this program. Um, oh God, what's it called? It's um now I can't think of the name of her of her organization, but they I will find it. Um Projects with Care. Projects with Care. That's what, what it's called. And under the umbrella, they do Project First Day and they do stockings with care. So she does a lot of programs where through CSA, um, she'll you can like Rory and I just did one where um, you sponsor a kid for their first day of school and you get them like a full outfit and backpack and shoes and um, a book or something that they're interested in and you write them a little note of encouragement like it's really fun having these like yearly things that we do built in um, to make sure that I give back and you know and stay engaged and it's it's nice to have like the routine of that where I'm like, oh, project first day's coming up, oh, sleep out's coming up and oh, stockings of care, meals for monologues. Like there's a lot of things that you can grab that are that correlate both to the job and the community and and giving back. So yeah, it's been really cool to participate in that stuff. Yeah, thank you for doing that. Oh, meals with monologues, I forgot about. I did that and I during the pandemic and it just I, it just came on and they're like, go. And I was like, oh my God. But it was it such is a pretty shocking. <laughs> Everyone has like 10 seconds to deliver. It's kind of chaotic. But yeah, I totally blacked out. Oh, I've met some really cool people from it. And it yeah. always feels like a nice way, yeah, to donate your time for, for good for many things at the same time. Mm. And I think that's like the sweet spot of the arts is that intersection between entertainment and giving back. You know, I, like I would love to see more 
projects out there that have like a direct correlation with some kind of foundation or, you know, a percentage of the ticket sales goes to this, whatever it is, like some kind of action, because I think that's why we tell stories, you know, it's to affect people and to build a community. Mm -hmm. Another person actually in my life that I do think really leans with kindness that um, has something just to do with what you were saying. Um, This director, we just did a film with named Claire Ayub. She's amazing. Um, She wrote this film and directed it called Empire Waste. And that has an education curriculum that correlates with it. So it's about teens and and discovering body positivity and and their own self-confidence through fashion design is kind of the plot of this film. And it was a really amazing project to work on. Because on the page, it could have just been a pretty straight ahead indie, but Claire created this whole like philosophy of work that was just incredible to experience. She was all about yeah, leading leadership with kindness, with like making real change by just putting out an energy and a mindset and a philosophy of how human interaction could and should go. And it was amazing to see how it immediately bounced back. Like the culture of the set was unbelievable. We went on a set visit and I've never experienced a set visit like it. And, and it wasn't that she told everyone they had to behave like this. She just set a tone and she set this, this way of communicating with people and this way of supporting other people. Like we watched like a grip bump into a camera person and they were like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Okay, great. Great. Just the way that like these little moments, normally you're like, you're pressed for time and you've got to get the shot and you got to move on. And there's like the culture and the atmosphere is tense and it is very, you know, kind of cutthroat, like the human element and the personal element of it is kind of thrown out because everyone knows like, okay, we're just, we're focusing and like, that's yeah, that. Especially with masks now, that, you know? Yeah. But then the minute Claire kind of changed her philosophy on it and, and kind of set this tone that everyone just treats people with kindness it was incredibly, the set was very efficiently ran. Everyone had a good attitude. Everyone seemed really relaxed. It felt like everyone was free to, the actors were free to really do good work and play and explore and make choices and and push beyond maybe what they came in starting thinking that they were going to be doing. And it was just really beautiful to watch. I never really seen anything like it. Um, and I love that they have this, this education curriculum that comes with it, that now they're hoping to bring, you know, start teaching with this film and take the messages from the film and hopefully like run these sessions with, with young people and, um, help with, yeah. That's so special. That's really, really special. I think definitely think there's a way for, for film and for art to trickle down like that and have important messaging and, and really communicate it and have it be effective in a way that isn't, you know, serious and beating someone over the head with it that yeah. can really uh, <laughs> through empathy and, and kindness yeah really make change yeah because I think Hollywood can get this rap of being like very schmoozy and I hope we're breaking that now and people just kind of talk the talk but with people yeah. walking the walk and leading with kindness and actually doing this stuff it it's so genuine I mean I know I, I've seen like if you're being kind sometimes people think you're just being fake and you're trying to get something yeah it's like why is our first instinct to not give people the benefit of the doubt, you know? Great question. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah, please answer. <laughs> no, I know I absolutely have to let you go. I could talk to you all day, but I do if you have time. I do. I have all the time, actually. Okay, great, because we got another out. No, if you have time for a surprise, <laughs> I want to play a surprise game really quick. Okay. Which I think will hark back to a question that you just brought up. 
It's called the compliment game because you did <laughs> not get enough compliments already. Everyone's beautiful in their own way. It's the compliment game on the okay. AOK. Okay. It's the compliment, 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 compliment game. game. Basically, I reached out to someone in your life for a compliment slash like a loving statement about you. Oh my God. And I, you just have to guess who said it. Oh no. Okay. I'm terrified. I hope I don't get it wrong. This okay, one's, okay, okay. Carly, I've seen, a, I mean, I do, I try to do this every episode and this one's, a, this one's really good. And this person also got it in right away. So I've had it for a long time. We'll say you can ask yes or no questions. People freak out if there's no rules. So maybe like three guesses. I don't know. It, okay. I don't really know anything. I mean, I'll try to give you hints if I can. Okay. But whenever you're ready, I'll read it to you. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, light a candle, take a deep breath. Here we go. So nice. I've rarely had the privilege to see someone work as hard as Carly does up close. She is relentless in her pursuit of new talent and has her finger on the pulse of an exciting generation of new artists. She is a fierce advocate for talent. She admires and exposes countless directors, producers, reps, and even other casting directors to new voices that more often than not end up sweeping our screens within the calendar year. <laughs> Above all, Carly remains deeply committed to expanding the world we see on screen and is part of leading the charge toward a more inclusive industry. I'm so proud to be her friend and have a front row seat to her rise. That's the nicest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> um, I, I wrote it, you know, it's no big deal. I just- uh, no. I do it. Is it Rory? No. Is it Emily? No. Oh, I'm trying to think of the people that I work directly with, front row seat. Um, the way that you said other casting directors does make me think it's another casting director. Is it Jessica Daniels? Mm-mm. No. <laughs> <laughs> Who, is it? Who is it? Tell me, tell me, tell me. Okay, it's someone you're very close with. It is someone that could have very easily come up right before we played this game. Is it Erica? No, but I love Erica. I'm only guessing casting people. Okay, it's not, okay, it's not a casting person. Is it Rachel? It is. Oh, Rachel, yeah. Is it Sussan? No. Is it Brosnahan? Yes, Rachel Brosnahan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she was going to be my first guest, and then I was like, nah, it seems, she's so busy. I'm sure no one was able to ask her a question. Oh, that's really No, funny. I know. I thought she'd be untouchable, but I, I have a lot of, like, <laughs> connections with publicists and stuff. As soon as I reached out, she sent this huge paragraph right back. I was like, wow, she must really love Carly because she took the time. Well, she's the best person I know. Oh. I was, it's so funny. I was with her last night. She's so sneaky. We were in a cab <laughs> and I was like, ooh, I need to make sure I think about these questions. She was for this podcast. She's like, what's the podcast? Was asking all these questions. Like she didn't know. Oh. She, she really is an actor. She might have easily forgotten because I feel like I got it months ago. So <laughs> she probably is just like, no, I don't even know. What definitely knew. I heard she's such a kind person too. So it, it checks out that you I guys mean, are friends. I pretty much every birthday card I've ever written her. I think I have to include the sentence that like, she's a friend that makes me a better person. And you don't always get friends like that, that really challenge you and support your own growth and and she opens she's opened my eyes to so many things that have really changed my life and got me involved in so many things that have made me a better person and I just I think she's the real deal and in all ways she's the absolute greatest so generous so kind so loyal there's no better friend 
And I, I love when people like that get acclaim and success because those are the role models we need, you know? I also tell her all the time, like she's the easiest person to support in all of her huge moments of success because she's just such a good friend to other people that she just supporting her is so easy. She makes it so easy to show up for her the way she shows up for us. So yeah, I'm, I'm truly, that's so nice. I should have known it was her. It's so art. She's good at writing stuff like that. She's so articulate. Yeah, this was beautiful. I can like send you this in text form if you want. It's, it's very beautiful. And then I'll frame it and look at it every day and cry. Yeah, perfect. Put a candle right under it, light it up and just set that intention. No, but I, you deserve it because you are also someone that we are so lucky to have to look up to in this industry. And I thank you for all you do to make it a little bit easier and demystified for us actors kind of living in the dark and just all you do to promote kindness. And I would love if you have a second, just if we could leave this space together with a tangible kindness tip. So if you have anything you could share mm. that listeners can take with them and incorporate into their day. Yeah, it, I think I've really realized kind of like what I was saying with Claire, our director, that the, the energy you put out really is what you get back. And if you treat other people with kindness and, and have a good attitude, you tend to be met with that. Like, People are meet the energies that they're receiving. So um, I've been really trying to every morning, like I love a morning routine. I try to like do yoga every morning or some kind of exercise that puts me in a good headspace. I can kind of like shake out the energy and get focused and then start the day feeling a little bit more like open and happy and grounded. And, and I think it it's so simple to, you know, self-care gets thrown around so much, but those little moments of self-care to kind of, reset and ground and set the tone for like how you want to move through the world is has been incredibly helpful for me I think it's made me um a lot nicer to deal with and I think has been a, a little bit of a yeah a positive energy shift to to make sure I carve that time out to to treat myself well so I can treat other people well it's, it does make a difference when we when we do that for ourselves so I love that yeah something do something nice for yourself get in the zone it will just, it will emanate out from there, I think. Mm. You got to treat yourself. You can't give from an empty cup, you know? No, it's really true. And with that, <laughs> too, like, I think boundaries are very helpful. Like we were talking about setting a bit more, you know, distance between our identities. So they're very, there's a lot of space for all the different things that mm. we are. There's many. And that's really interesting. Boundary, identity boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. And I think doing yeah. things, having interests and things that bring you joy outside of just the job has been really helpful for me as well. I love biking. I play my ukulele. Like Ooh. none of this is for anyone but me. It's just <laughs> purely like it feels good for my soul and doing like soul things like that has been has been really, really helpful in, in that kind of identity boundary. Mm. At all. Solely for the soul. Identity Boundaries yeah. in the Entertainment Industry by Carly. No, that's your book. Do you want to play us out? What's your go-to ukulele song? Oh, God, no. That's, no one can. <laughs> no, don't, don't act. You don't have to do that. But do you know, do you have a whole like repertoire? I don't know. That seems like such a good um, thing. In the pandemic, I was doing Zoom ukulele classes with my dad, stepmom, brother, and my best friend, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> my dad's... Um, secretary from the 90s who then became a belly dancing instructor and ukulele teacher. so she's pretty incredible wow. and it was very special um but now and she would just send us like sheet music and stuff so now i just kind of have like a folder of random songs or you can find like ukulele tabs online and 
if I need like a palate cleanser and to like turn my brain off, I'll just kind of like, sit in the corner and like aimlessly play. And it's <laughs> very helpful. Yeah. Wow. That's so fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All right. I really, I have to let you go because I, I went past the time, but I so appreciate this. Yeah. Time. How dare you? I know. I'm like, she's giving me the, even. no, Carly is literally so <laughs> genuine and kind. And honestly, again, I'm grateful that you're in our business because you're not scary at all. You're very approachable. You approach it from like a human aspect, which hello, we're all human. So that does, that does check out and make sense. But I just, I really appreciate you. So, so thank you for doing what you do. Thank you. Thank you for doing this podcast. It's so special. Oh, thank, thank you. you for I appreciate it. You're the it. perfect fit and thank you for doing it. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.